0: in my life. What in the world am I going to do next? So we have the most important event that just took place a week ago. And that was the birth of our Lord Savior Jesus. That was a main event. You know, we we even we even do, uh, come off with our calendar of that. We we base our time off the birth of Christ. BC and AD after death. So we have the very, very important event that just took place. But it didn't start with a, a bang and a lot of glory. It sort of started pretty shaking up. It shook the parents of Jesus down to their core. If you've been reading your Bible, you will realize that just because we had the birth didn't mean everything went to be an absolute perfect. Well, there was a lot of events that took place after the birth of Jesus. Things that still shook Joseph and Mary to their core. Shook them up. How, they, how were they to be settled down? But God is going to put the right people at the right time in the right place for Mary and Joseph. And so this morning we're going to look at these events to see how it helps us when we're shaken up to be settled down. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open to Luke chapter two. We're going to start in the 21st verse. If you're familiar with Luke, you already know that Jesus has been born in Bethlehem. But at the 21st verse, eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angel before he was even conceived. Then it was was time for the purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifices required by the law, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So, Mary and Joseph, Joseph and Mary, they're following the correct procedures for childbirth. Now, what it doesn't say in these small verses is that this was not only just eight days after he was born, he was circumcised. But it also says that he was dedicated to the Lord. Now, that was on Jewish tradition or Jewish custom. After the birth of a child, the woman was considered ceremonial unclean. And she would remain unclean if it was a boy for 40 days. And if it was a daughter, it would be 80 days. So for 40 days, they're going to remain where they are to continue to follow the ceremonial law of Moses. Now, you see, the story takes on a little bit different picture here. Because this is not where... Joseph and Mary are accustomed to. This isn't their town. They come from a town of Nazareth. They've traveled there on some unprecedented events. Starting way back when Mary is visited by an angel to tell her that she is going to be pregnant with child. Now imagine that. Imagine you going on your daily life and all of a sudden a bright light appears, and standing before you is an angelic being telling you that you are about to be a mother. I believe that every person in this room would be shaken. What do you mean I'm going to be, I'm a virgin? There is no way that could take place. But the angel goes on. Now we know that Mary was engaged to Joseph to be married. And so this has to be in the back of her mind because she knows the law of Moses and what would take place if she were to be pregnant with child before they were married. And Joseph, knowing that that's not his child, had every right to leave her and possibly have her punished. So this this, this event just keeps going and going and going. And then out of nowhere, there's a census that takes place. Now they have to leave the comforts of their family and go to another town to which they're not that familiar with. So now here they are. They're in Bethlehem. The child has been born. Strangers in the middle of the night are coming to see this child that is now in a manger because they have also been visited by angelic beings. So the whole thing continues to shake. And then... They're going to have to wait it out 40 days because now they have to dedicate that newborn child to the Lord. 40 days. Now, this isn't Joseph's territory. This isn't Mary's family. So work has to be done. You have to earn money. You have to eat. The Bible doesn't record where they got that money. Now, many of y'all are probably saying, wait a minute, Pastor, what about those three wise men that showed up? They brought gold. Well, if you ever really study your Bible, you will realize that that didn't take place that night. So there is no money. There is no finances to continue this on. So don't you think they were just a slight bit worried about their financial issues and how they were going to eat? And emotionally, so we had this time again where they now they've come to Jerusalem, which they would have had to have walked. Which luckily it's only two hours away. How many of y'all want to walk two hours to the next town? Y'all don't even want to walk from this pulpit or this pew to your car. In fact, we used to have to get a golf cart to bring you to the front building because you didn't want to walk. Now they had to walk two hours. That's what it would have took. Tracking north. And on top of that, they don't have a whole lot of money to bring the correct offering because the offering actually states to be a purification offering, it either had to be a lamb or a pigeon and a dove. But if you were poor and didn't have then you could just use two doves or two pigeons. So they're able to overcome that. Now, for a moment, it seems like this might be going a little bit better for them. Maybe things are starting to shake out after they've been so shaken up now what you will see in here is when a person is really shaken up they really need the fellowship with the right people you see when everything starts going left and right and up and down crazy it's great to have people to come and bring you comfort and here's where the story starts to get a little bit better for them So out of nowhere, on their way to Jerusalem, as they enter into the the Jerusalem gates, in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem, named Simon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come to rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day, the Spirit led him to the temple So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, he was there. And he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. You know, interestingly here, we have this fellowship of the right people. But they're interested people. And it didn't just stop at Simon. As he was saying these things, Anna, a prophet, who had also been at the temple, and she had been there for a really long time. It says her husband died after only seven years of marriage, and she had lived as a widow to the age of 84. She had never left the temple but stayed there day and night worshiping God, fasting and praying. And she came along just as Simon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. What a comfort. After all that's been taking place in their life, all the uncertainty, the right people at the right time come in to provide them comfort and fellowship. Out of nowhere strangers. Let me tell you where this really makes sense. When people come through our doors and they've been shaken and life has not been good to them, it is a comforting feeling to come into a church family that greets you, grabs you, hugs you, lets you know how much they care for you, provides you that comfort because these are the right people. Simon and Anna, they had the Holy Spirit upon them, and we as believers have the Holy Spirit upon us. And our little Holy Spirit antennas should sense when people come in here and have been shaken up for the past couple of days, past couple of weeks, past couple of months. We shouldn't go out years and say, I never knew that happened because I failed to look at Facebook. We should know when our people are hurting because we have the right people just as they were the right people. And they were interested people. They were interested in what God was going to do. They were interested in Joseph and Mary. They made a beeline for them. They didn't just wave and it's good to see you again. They embraced them. They knew who Jesus was. You know, a church not interested in people won't amount to very much in the kingdom of God. The second part about fellowship with the right people: not only do they got to be interested in people in people's lives, they got to also be involved people. You see, these people began to share God's word because they had been involved with listening to God for a long time. His mother was eighty-four years old, and Simon had been waiting his entire life. In fact, God didn't even let him die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. They were involved. They were studying people. They were praying people. They were looking for the Lord's Messiah. When you're not an involved person, to be quite honest, you're more just about yourself. When you're not involved with the Lord's will and the Lord's purpose, you're just about yourself. we got a lot of people about themselves. And a lot of people are just Facebook about themselves. They're always posting about themselves. They document everything. It's rather difficult to settle someone down, though, when they're shaken up if you're more interested and involved with pushing your own ideas and your solutions instead of seeking to honor and glorify Jesus in every way of your life. It's going to be tough. The other part with fellowshipping with the right people, you got to have interceding people. You got to have people willing to come with you to the altar. Help bring these situations Intercede in your behalf. Pray for you when you think no one else is praying. You know I came in here Friday, man come walking down the road, homeless, had a long story, needed help. And to be quite honest with you, I kind of felt pretty hopeless or helpless myself. I didn't have nothing. I didn't have anything. I didn't even have a dollar in my wallet to give him. And I wanted to intercede for him. And as the day kept going on, I just kept thinking about that man. I just kept, in my mind, replaying what took place. Maybe I could have taken him somewhere. Maybe I could have given him something. But I did pray for him. I didn't know his name. I don't know where he went. I don't know how to get back a hold of him. But I did go to prayer for him. You know... We have a prayer list that gets put out every week. And wouldn't it be nice if everybody in this church was really earnestly praying for those names on that paper? You know, at first glance, it's just ink that's put on white paper. But those are people. Those people have been shaken up. Their names wouldn't be there if they wasn't shaken up. We don't just randomly put people's names. We put them because there's a reason they need their names there. They need interceding people. They're trying to fellowship with the right people. They're trying to get people who are involved to intercede for them and tell God their needs. I'm sure they can do it themselves, but the more prayers that are sent up, the more he hearers. He loves his people when he does that. Simon and Anna, they made a direct line for Joseph and Mary because of the presence of Jesus. God gave them that confidence and that courage and that boldness to speak the word for this shaken up couple. The second part of how to settle down when you're shaken up is to find the right perspective. Perspective. Prospective. We'll spell it one way or the other. you got to find the right way of looking at things. you got to look at God's viewpoint. This is the nerd in me in a second. In Star Wars Return of the Jedi, when Luke's having his little moment there with the ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi... Obi-Wan's explaining that really, Anakin is Darth Vader, and Anakin's not really dead, but Darth Vader is, and he really rose up and killed Anakin. And he says, from a different point of view, and of course, Luke, from a different point of view, you have to see things from a different perspective. You have to see it from a godly perspective, but how are you going to get a godly perspective if you are not in tune with God? It just doesn't, oh, we fixed it. Amen. Amen god's perspective you got to analyze your situation but you're not going to be able to analyze your situation if you're not in tune with the holy spirit anyways if you don't know what the scripture says if you're not in tune with praying to the lord then your situation is only going to be from a viewpoint of a secular world and you're only going to get a secular world's response a lot of times is too bad so sad figure it out for yourself or you can get a godly perspective. You can get a Holy Spirit perspective. A Holy Spirit of comfort and peace. But you do got to still look realistically and logically at your situation. It's not as bad as you think it is. Mainly because if you're still walking, you're still breathing, you still got opportunity to cry out to the Lord, you got at least a chance opportunity to repent before you do take your last breath. It's not that bad of a viewpoint. But we are so weak. Gosh, one thing goes wrong. Our situation is tragic. One flat tire into the world. One light bulb goes out. Oh, I got to climb a ladder. You got to look at a different perspective here. Joseph and Mary received an honest revelation. They did. I mean, Joseph had direct contact with an angelic being. He told him, "Hey, don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife." This is a godly thing. Mary herself was visited by an angel. This is a godly thing. And then they have two unsuspecting strangers tell them that they're in the right form. This is a good thing. Now, if you, ever, if you go continue to read in Luke chapter two thirty three, you will see where Simon says even something more tragic here. You're you, you almost like, well, you just said the greatest thing, and then you said this. This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. But he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Wow. That's a different perspective. Didn't see that one coming? I thought you just wanted to hold my child and tell me how beautiful he was. Now you tell me something even far more important from God's perspective. The second thing when you're looking for the right perspective is understand that God's sovereignty and to listen. Look at what Joseph did. He didn't just say, eh, I hear you, but I'm not really going to follow that. He really truly listens. He really listens to to what the angel had to tell him. He understands the sovereignty. and He does what the angel tells him to do, and he takes Mary as his wife. Now, that's going to get a little bit more here in just a second. Finding the right perspective from a different point of view. Listen to this little illustration. A family got a letter from their daughter in college that read this. Dear Mom and Dad, I want you to know my leg is mending well, and I've had a nice stay stay in the hospital after I broke my leg. This is all news to them. My leg was broken when I jumped out the third floor window when my dorm room caught on fire. However, I was rescued by one of the best-looking guys I've ever seen, and he's been visiting me in the hospital, and he's asked me to marry him. He's from England, and I'm flying out next week to London to get married. Love your daughter. P.S. Our dorm didn't catch fire. My leg isn't broke. I didn't jump out a dorm window. I didn't meet a guy from England. I'm not going to get married. However, I did get a D in English and an F in math, and I just wanted you to see it from its proper perspective. It's not always as bad as you think it is, it could be much, much worse. But when you're looking for the right perspective, you've got to apply the right scriptures. This is why in children's ministry, we are so ingrained into try to teach these kids scripture. We want them to memorize it. We want them to repeat it. We say it in all forms and fashion. Sometimes we yell it. Sometimes we whisper it. Sometimes we do it in a song. But those are for them. So when they need a perspective, they can see it from a scriptural perspective. And it's good to put those scriptures on your heart. Proverbs 3.5, John 3.16. I can do all things through Christ. It continues to go. The the Bible has an endless amount of Scripture that will help you see perspective from God's viewpoint. Just turn to Genesis 1.1 if you need a a starting position. Well, the second thing, or the last thing, to how to settle down when you've been shaken up is to focus on the right purpose. Now, if you really want to Understand this, understand this piece, what I'm about to say. God will put you in an unpleasant situation to occur in your life to bring you his right purpose. I know, I get it. That is not something we want. God, in order for you to show me a purpose, you've got to bring me the worst situation possible. So that I can do it. I get that. That is not something we pray for. Usually we pray for, hey, just keep me out of temptation. Keep things away from me. Let me continue to have a glorious life. No one ever goes to the altar and say, God, give me the worst situation so I can find your purpose. I want you to turn over to Matthew 2, verses 13. Now it would seem, after Joseph and Mary had been shaken up with pregnancies and Strangers in the night, and it looks like they're finally about to settle down. All of a sudden, we get this message. Matthew 2.13, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. Stay there until I tell you to return, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Not take him and dedicate him. He is going to kill him. Now, after it seems like they finally got settled in, it seems like finally they're on the right path, an angel comes and tells Joseph to pick up and go. I could not imagine grabbing my family in the middle of the night. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. I mean, there is no forlorn fire that just happened like it did in New York. killed 12 people. They're not rushing out the doors at my house. I'm trying. I got a 19-year-old. I, got a 19 year old. I I'm cannot wait till he goes back to school. I love him. But it would seem that they've already been through enough. And maybe they had finally found some work and things had calmed down. And they're going to start raising this child. But here's the thing. From this perspective and for this right purpose, God still has a prophecy that needs to be fulfilled. And if Joseph and Mary are told to leave the area and move to Egypt, it is so this can take place. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoke through the prophet, I call my son out of Egypt. So for the right perspective and for the right purpose, Joseph picks his family and goes to Egypt to fulfill God's word. And can you... Imagine that. See, each and every one of us have a purpose. This isn't news. You have a purpose. God has destined you a purpose for every young, young youth, daughter and son, for every young child, for every older senior. Doesn't matter what your age is and who you are. You have been destined to do something for God's purpose. The question is, have you asked God what it is? are you just going to continue to get shaken up? God's going to get your attention one way or another. He got my attention. He's gotten other people's attention. And maybe you keep fleeing it. Maybe you keep running and you're happy with being shaken up. You don't want to settle down. But I can tell you, the thing that broke my heart about that homeless man, he said, I'm 59 years old and all I want to do is just settle down. I've been going from the woods to the shelters to jail, and all I want to do is settle down. I'm getting old, I'm tired. That broke my heart. And I still didn't have nothing I could do for him. I couldn't roll back the clock. And I couldn't, I almost couldn't offer him any. Great words of wisdom. I didn't know what to say. And maybe from a viewpoint that I haven't yet figured out, God put that man in my, in my front of my face for a reason. Because he wanted me to focus on the right purpose. Did I have the opportunity to share with Christ with him? Not that day. I just didn't. In fact, it kind of scared me a little bit. But if I could find him now, I would tell him, there is hope for you. Maybe you've been shaken up. And and maybe 2017 really shook you up. Maybe the things that were said on the news really got to you. Maybe things that are going on right now are still occurring. And just because we're going into 2018 doesn't mean 2017 just got erased. You're carrying over that over. You're going to roll those issues on into the next year. And you're going to repeat them if you haven't gotten in tune with the Lord. See, you really want to get settled down because you're shaken up. You got to bring it to the foot of the cross. You got to lay it down. This is the last Sunday of 2017. Will you have another opportunity to lay it down before Jesus? Yep. You got 12 hours. But you could do it today. What are you holding back for? This is the right place to do those, those things. A little illustration it says, I am the new year. I am an unspoiled page in your book of time. I'm your next chance at the art of living. I'm your opportunity to practice what you have learned about life during the last 12 months. And that you sought and didn't find is hidden in me, waiting for you to search, but with more determination. All the good that you have tried for and didn't achieve is mine to grant when you have fewer conflicting desires. All that you dreamed but didn't dare to do. All that you hoped but did not will, all the faith that you claimed but did not have, these slumber lightly, waiting to be awakened by the touch of a strong purpose. I am your opportunity to renew your allegiance to him who said, Behold, I make all things new. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, as this is...